Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curry, and Kyle Powell. And we coming at you at WGR550. Dot com on demand audio always hanging out with you on a Monday and sometimes hanging out with you on a Wednesday, but usually on a Thursday. Where am I going with this? Why am I rambling? Why am I not laughing at Dave Gettleman yet? We haven't laughed at Dave Gettleman yet, Frank. Do you want to laugh at Dave Gettleman? Oh, you bet your ass I want to laugh at Dave Gettleman. Okay, but I first, do too. the NFL draft was this weekend. It has come, it has passed all seven rounds, and you heard a whole lot of coverage on WGR this weekend. So, the Bills, before we laugh at Dave Gettleman, quick reactions, and then we'll get detailed reactions after we laugh at Dave Gettleman. Okay. Okay? So, the Bills, Ed Oliver, headlining the draft class, followed by Cody Ford, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Devin Singletary, a running back out of Florida Atlantic. That is a very... Interesting player in my eyes. Dawson Knox, speaking of interesting, that's a project player of athleticism and pass-catching ability and okay blocking that was never used at Mississippi because they had three receivers and a terrible quarterback. Vashawn Joseph, linebacker out of Florida. Jaquan Johnson, safety out of Miami. And then Daryl Johnson, defensive end out of North Carolina A&T, where he was actually the conference defensive player of the year there in the FCS conference at North Carolina A&T, and then Tommy Sweeney, the tight end out of Boston College. So there we go. That's the draft class. Ten picks ends up turning into eight players. First off, never surprised. No. They were not going to pick ten players. No. And especially day two is always Brandon Bean's moving day. It has always been his moving day. The second and third rounds in particular is when he likes to shift around and go after players that he likes. And this was no exception. You saw that they were kind of terrified about losing Cody Ford, so they trade up. Mm -hmm. After the Panthers traded up above everyone, they go ahead and vault the Bills and the Buccaneers in order to go ahead and draft an offensive lineman, but they didn't take Cody Ford. So, Bean, after the Panthers pick, goes ahead and makes a deal with Chicago, no, Oakland, excuse me. It was the Oakland Raiders that they go ahead and make a deal with. Yeah. And they get Cody Ford because they wanted to vault the Buccaneers and not risk losing yet another offensive lineman on their board. Then they take a running back in Devin Singletary, but then they jump back into the third round, giving up their fourth-round pick. Both of them. Eh? They sacrifice both of them, yes, so that they can move into the third round, which is something I respect. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And you also have to know the inherent risk. You're going to lose someone on your board in the fourth round. If you feel that it's worth it to get your guy, though, go do it. I have no problem with trading up. I'm not that kind of person that's going to be terrified of that or, you know, you're losing assets and everything like that. As long as it's proper asset management, go get your guy. 
that is always going to be my thing. And it's and it kind of was too. They traded both their fourth round picks to move up back into the third, and then they traded one of their fifth round picks just to move just up to move spots. up two spots. Yeah, and get who they wanted. Yeah, there was talk about them possibly going up to number three to get Quinn and Williams, and there was always this little question mark as Kyle and I were there for that uh, in in the studios hanging around when the rumors were at their peak. And it was, you're hearing a lot of Jets reporters say this. You're not getting anyone on the Bills' side. This has to be the Jets trying to ask a price up because they've had talks with Buffalo. Right. And it turns out that was exactly the case. Brandon Bean later that night saying, yeah, we had talks with the Jets, but there were no serious conversations about compensation. So, Kyle, what did you think, uh, a quick reaction from the Bills' draft class? I think that it got off on the right foot, and it continued to stay that way for the most of the weekend as we talked. Good asset management being a good mover of draft picks as we get deeper into the draft, but I think they did exactly what they should have done from the first round, and it really set the tone all trickling down throughout the rest of the weekend. You know, there was there was those talks. There was rumors. It was really one-sided, but a lot of people were against Moving up nine for the most part since we had known their draft spot at the end of the season was pretty favorable. You're going to get a good player, and it's going to be an even better tiered player if teams in front of you, you just let them work their silly magic. And <laughs> players continue to fall down the rungs of the ladder. And oh, one Oakland pick later <laughs> and a Giants pick later just put the icing on the cake that, wow, we're going to have our pick of the litter here at nine, and our due diligence paid off because – and what a way to transition. Look at what happened. Yeah. In every mock, in order for the Bills to have landed either at Oliver or TJ Hawkinson, the two players most often mocked to the Bills at pick nine, there had to be good fortune. There had to be a second quarterback taken. There had to be something go kind of head-scratchingly wrong in front of them. And first it was Oakland. There was an interesting point by uh, Lindsey Rhodes of NFL Network saying something along the lines of if Mike Mayock was on the TV pounding the table for Cleveland Farrell, people would have gotten on board. But now that he's not there to say it, everyone's laughing about the pick. Mm -hmm. I've kind of softened my stance. I had a first-round grade on Cleveland Farrell the whole time. I didn't think he was top five worthy. I think that that's the thing. I didn't think he was someone you should have took over Josh Allen. Or even Montez Sweat. And sorry to say this, Cleland Farrell, in my opinion. He might have been the third best Clemson defensive lineman that was taken in the first round. Probably the second best. But definitely not the best Clemson defensive lineman in the first round. That, yeah. So, Mike Mayock, I'm sorry. I usually love your work, but, you know, even draft pundits get it wrong all the time. And now you are running a football team and are exposed to being laughed at. But he is one of those guys that I respect opinions of, and I've softened my stance on Cleveland Farrell. However, I still think they could have got him with one of their later picks, so that goes back to asset management for me. 
<laughs> and then there's the Giants. <laughs> Dave Gettleman. Not only are you a hypocrite, you are also a boob. Because earlier on that Thursday, he says, I'm not taking anyone with a first-round pick that isn't going to play right away for my team. Uh-huh. Well, then you're lying about something. You're either lying about your draft pick with Daniel Jones, or you are lying about Eli Manning. Now, here's my thing with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, to me, was the fourth-best quarterback in this draft class. Daniel Jones had a round three grade for me. Daniel Jones should not have even existed in the first round, let alone the top ten. Gettleman spoke today about that, saying something along the lines of, we were worried that two teams were going to take him. No, you just went and you you picked your guy. Just say that and it sounds better. (laughs) Literally, say that. Say, Daniel Jones is our quarterback. We wanted to draft him. We knew that we wanted to get him right there at pick six. Because then at least everyone will think you're crazy for only one reason. Not 42. To say, oh, we knew that there were two teams that wanted Daniel Jones. So are you saying that he was your top quarterback or no? Are you saying that he was your guy? Not really. You were just worried that someone else was going to take the quarterback. The reports are that they knew that it was the Redskins and Broncos. You want to talk about asset management? The Broncos, who were linked to Drew Locke, waited an entire round to get him. Yeah. Even trading back up in the second round after they had just selected in order to get Drew Locke. That's asset management, dog. What did they do? They traded back. Got picks in order to make that move up, by the way. Yeah. And then took no offense. They did a great job with asset management. I've got my opinions on Drew Locke. I think he's the third best quarterback from this class. But he went where I thought he should. And the Broncos did a great job. Meanwhile, the Redskins just waited. And took Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. the, The one that actually had a meeting with them. So again, Dave Gettleman, I think you're lying, and I think you're crazy, and you said, let's see if you guys think I'm crazy in three years. Well, no, I think you're going to be unemployed in three years. (laughs) I don't need to to worry about your crazy. You already proved that, dog. I'm just worried you're not going to – I'm worried. I'm just thinking you're not going to have a job. That's where I think you're going to be in three years. You're going to go ahead and retire – Because you've been fired and nobody else is going to hire you because you are a boob. Here's the thing. He is right about – I think he is right about potentially teams – Who wanted Daniel Jones? But not for Daniel Jones. As I said, if – when I, when I said this last week, if, David, Daniel Jones, I if Washington name. was a team, that Duke Washington teammate. is a team that want that I think wanted to move up. Not for Daniel Jones, for Dwayne Haskins. Then he's lying to somebody. Or he's lying to himself. He's lying to himself. 
He thinks that just, he thinks that teams were higher on Daniel Jones like he was. Just say you wanted your guy, and then we could just have one reason to laugh at you. Just one reason. But you went ahead and took a guy that should not have even gone in the first round, let I alone think, the top ten. I think as soon as that pick was made, Washington realized we don't have to trade up. No, they knew. Yeah. And you want to know the best part about all this? I bet you get him and got scared from a rumor. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. Because there was a report heading toward about 6 o'clock on draft day that was lingering around that the Redskins were going to take a quarterback. Well, they were torn about taking a quarterback and that they were also torn about which quarterback to take from Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones. And I bet Gettleman went ahead and crapped himself and said, we got to draft him at six. Probably. The guy could have traded down. Didn't even, didn't, he didn't even need, oh, need wait, to that's trade right. down. He, Dave Gettleman they had never the, trades down. And they had another first-round pick. Which they reached on Des- Dexter Lawrence. Which they could have used the sixth pick Draft to get Josh a Allen. better, yes, like Josh Allen, and then use the 17th pick to get Daniel Jones. Because, or Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> whichever, whichever guy Washington didn't take. And that's why I think Edelman should have just said you wanted your guy. Yeah. Because then you could have at least, again, drafted Josh Allen at pick number six, and then, oh, hey, neat. I've got pick 17. I just need to get over Washington, and that's not an expensive price. I'll trade to 11 with Cincy. Sure. That'll get it done. You want to tell me that two teams wanted Daniel Jones? Come on. Come on, Gettleman. You're just hilariously stupid at this point. But then they take Dexter Lawrence, a guy I thought eh, he probably was better of a second-round grade. They took him at 17. Then they traded back up as if Giants fans didn't want to have any more problems or misery for the rest of the first round. They get back into the first round and then make their best pick of the draft with DeAndre Baker. Yeah. And that's saying something. By God, the laughable ways that the Giants went ahead and screwed all of this up. Terrible asset management. Hilarious draft picks. And then throughout the rest of the weekend, by the way, there was something that happened that I was kind of impressed with. Oakland made some great picks in days two and three. The problem is, I don't know if I could say that about the Giants. I really can't. There was one pick I would have that I was actually impressed with, and that was a fourth-round pick in cornerback Julian Love. That's it. When they traded up to get a corner in DeAndre Baker. Their first round was straight-up pathetic. And they gave up a second-round pick to move up to get DeAndre Baker. And then also had to get rid of a third-round pick in order to do that as well. To move up, like, six spots. 
This guy's an idiot. And I'm sorry for every Giant fan that I know. They're probably numb to it. You and I both know Cole. I don't think he Cole Johnson. Oh, Cole term. and I were making jokes about this actually after day one. What were you? Yes, I, I tweeted at him and at former GR employee Jim Bearer, and I was like, "Hey, uh-huh. how you guys doing?" And uh, <laughs> well, Cole, Jim, if you guys are listening, we're we're welcome to have you here with the Bills fan base. We're also here to and uh, we are working on Thanksgiving, you. so you can talk to us then. Yeah. We're also here to console you if you need it. You can cry on our shoulders. We can give hugs. Yes. There are hugs, and then we hug you through the table. That's how it works, actually. That's <laughs> how then, you actually get a hug from a from a Bills fan, is and that then, you, you get the hug, and then you get smashed through said table with and then that we person. Pick, and then we pick you up and give you a plate of wings. Yes. That's exactly how a hug works yes. as a Bills fan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. That's it. There it is. We broke down hugs from Bills fans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with us? A lot of things. I'm not just talking about us. <laughs> the fact that there's such a reputation like that that we could create a hug scenario where someone goes ahead and takes someone through a table as a hug, and then they just mow down chicken wings after that, It's that's a reputation right there. That is a reputation. Yeah. Now that I looked at it, the Giants traded up from their second-round pick and gave up their third-round pick as well. Man. Man, 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 man. Dave Gettleman, you are one special derp. All right. So now let's go back to the Bills. Because of these things, though, something interesting was happening, though. After pick six and Daniel Jones, and we laugh at everything, a name was falling that I never expected. I'm thinking, holy crap, we are two picks away from two Josh Allens. (laughs) (laughs) And the best pass rusher in this draft. Yeah, I said it, Nick Bosa. I think Josh Allen's the most dynamic pass rusher of this class. And the Jaguars, of course the Jaguars, go ahead and get him. Because they just fall right into his lap. And they probably sprinted that card up. Oh, yeah. Like, pick seven? How did we? Gone. Let's go. (laughs) Then the Lions take TJ Hawkinson as they probably made their fans think, oh, great, another tight end in the top ten. This is going to work perfectly. (laughs) But I think TJ Hawkinson's good, so I think they've got a good player. It's just that, well. (laughs) Their history. Their history. Their fans are going to be like, uh, uh, I'm not sure about this. I mean, yes, he's good, but uh, uh, Eric Ebron looked good too. Uh. So, I'm not gonna bash the pick because I would, I, I love the pick. Yeah. If it was a Bills player, if, if the Bills took T.J. Hawkinson, I'd be like, "Yo, let's go." Yeah. Same. But then, then something amazing happened. They eventually got a tight end that was as athletic without any of the production. Yeah. In Dawson Knox. But they take Ed Oliver because Ed Oliver just conveniently falls their way. Mm-hmm. And again, something had to happen in order for those things to, to mm-hmm. work out. With me, I had the Giants taking Dwayne Haskins. In my mock. Well, that would have actually made more sense. Would have. Sal 
I do believe had Rashawn Gary going in the top 10, which allows for one more piece for Ed Oliver to fall yep. that kind of way. I did not, I forgot what Nate's looked like. I also think that Nate and Sal had something about, Nate had something I think about trading back in his final mock draft. But it's all there. And it's pretty damn interesting how everything fell about. And as a matter of fact, I'm getting both of them up right now. Yeah, Sal, actually Sal had it going to the point where Buffalo would not get Hawkinson or Oliver. Sal actually had it where the smart things happened. Murray, Bosa, Quinn, and Williams. Josh Allen to the Raiders. Hmm. (laughs) 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 Then the Buccaneers take Devin White. Then Jonah Williams to the Giants get themselves some offensive line help. And then Hawkinson and Oliver go the two picks before Buffalo. And that's how, like, that's kind of, that's why things needed to happen in order for that to work. Nate had Tampa Bay taking out Oliver at pick five. But how do the Bills get TJ Hawkinson? Well, congratulations, Nate Geary. You called Daniel Jones going pick six. We're going to hear a lot of <laughs> Daniel Jones pick six. Ha! Ha ha! Boom! <laughs> if Manning ever, you know, stops. Throwing pick sixes? Or playing, I guess. <laughs> Whichever comes first. Yes, throwing pick sixes. Right. If he ever stops throwing pick sixes, then Daniel Jones could do it. A seamless transition, as they A say. A seamless transition at this point. But in Nate's mock, Daniel Jones had to be taken in order for the Bills to land a player like TJ Hawkinson. And again, for me, it took a quarterback going I had them mocked to Hawkinson because I thought the Lions would take out Oliver but for me it was there needed to be another quarterback that went and someone else that went and for me that was Jawan Taylor and he fell out of the first round altogether nobody's perfect no by the way Daniel Jones cost me five dollars only five bucks yes because here was the thing that happened Nate and I on a sports talk Saturday got into a bit of an arguing fit about the quarterback class and that there shouldn't that there won't be four quarterbacks taken in the first round. Nate not only believed that, but also had an inkling of thought that four of them would go in the top 17 picks. That's right, your bet, yeah. When he, when he brought up Daniel Jones specifically, I said there's no way Daniel Jones goes in the top 10. And that Daniel Jones was going to, was going to be the fringe player. That makes it if some team trades back into the first round, if anything. Daniel Jones got taken pick number six, and in lieu of my bet with him, it was $20 on the over-under of quarterbacks. He said over three and a half, and I said under three and a half, which basically meant Nate thinks four quarterbacks, I think three. Joe DiBiase also got in on that action and took the under. Mm -hmm. When Daniel Jones got taken... I thought I was losing the bet immediately. Because that's two picks, I mean, two QBs in the top six. I'm in real danger. Yep. Denver's a 
Locke to take Drew Locke at this point. And Dwayne Haskins is going to go because he's good. So I hand him $5. Saying, I'll give you the rest of this, I guess, tomorrow when I see you. So Daniel Jones cost me $5. Because once everything happened, and then Drew Locke fell out of the first round, once the first round was over, I texted him immediately. You can keep the $5. Because Daniel Jones went in the first round. And then I won the bet. Because not all GMs are that stupid. (laughs) Just one of them in particular. (laughs) Good work. But again, the main point being, things had to happen. Yeah. In order for the Bills to land a guy like Ed Oliver or TJ Hawkinson. Or potentially even Josh Allen. But when the three of Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, and TJ Hawkinson are there at pick seven, I'm like, well, they're not trading down. They're getting someone. Yeah. They're getting a blue chipper here. Yeah. Thanks, Giants and Raiders. I appreciate it. And the pick ends up Ed Oliver. The guy that a year ago today people were saying would probably be the number one overall pick. And for the second year in a row, Someone that was believed to be a potential number one overall pick goes to Buffalo in the top ten. You know what that says? That says they've got some talent. They've got some real talent to them. I think Cody Ford's a fantastic addition. I can't wait to see what happens there. He might even start out the bat at right tackle. Wonderful wonderful interview, too. Well, his presser was a little more exciting, and that was that was more entertaining. It was funny, though. The conference call, they caught him right before he was walking on the stage. Oh, no. Yeah. So it had to be very not, short answers and cut short on a conference call. Not great for the boys. No, yeah. So the guys couldn't get much on the conference call with him, and that's why, you know, they hold a press conference. They have Cody Ford there because, well – he had some inciting, exciting things to say. Also, he has the backing of JR, Jim Ross. <laughs> so that's the best draft evaluation you need right there. But Cody Ford is a guy that we were talking a lot about Dalton Risner, and Risner went three picks later. We were talking about Dalton Risner, a guy who had a mean streak and was a, and was a guy that had that aggressiveness that the Bills kind of lacked in the running game last year. Cody Ford has the same thing. And he's also a little more mobile. People thought Cody Ford should have went in the first round. Brandon Bean thought they should have went that the guy should have went in the first round. And they were debating trading back into the first round. They made sure they got their guy, but they also made sure that they could play a game and get the value where they needed it. Kudos to the organization. Now, I'm not going to go into big detail about the guys from day three. They're mostly special teamer guys that really, you know, are fringe roster players at this point as well. I'll talk about Dawson Knox first because I want to make jokey jokes about them taking a running back. 
Dawson Knox, it's, you know, it's like we said. They might have gotten a guy that's just as athletic as TJ Hawkinson, but had none of the production. And Sal said something on that Friday night that was really interesting right near the end of the show. He said something like, how many of the great tight ends that are in the NFL now are taking round one? How many of them often are your day two picks, round two, round three? Guys with the athletic upside but have blocking prowess. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski, chief amongst them. Yep. And it makes you nod your head and go, huh. Sal, that's a really great point. I love that point. And that makes me really love this pick. My only problem is that the guy had zero touchdowns in his career. But they had some bad quarterbacking at Ole Miss. We can go one of two ways with both of the both of the third round draft picks they had. One is a ton of wear and tear mm-hmm. at a smaller school down in Florida Atlantic with Singletary. He has seven hundred plus touches already under his belt before he even gets to the pros. And there's a guy like Dawson Knox. You take a flyer, you see good blocking abilities, you could turn you could potentially turn him into some use on offense. That's a bonus. Any like anything I see like that is one of two ways. You got a guy with a lot of tread and one that's a lot fresher coming to your team. Not to mention, though, the other thing about Dawson Knox is that he can bring you more capabilities of running 22 personnel. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of success lately with 22 personnel. Wait, am I saying it right? Is that for two tight ends or is that for two running backs? Two receivers. I might be saying it wrong. I'm going to make sure. I don't want to sound like an idiot. More than you What I meant to do? say is that two tight end sets. And you can run a lot of that stuff. There it is. Yep, I did say it wrong. I wanted to make sure that I was saying it wrong, and I was saying it wrong. It is 12 personnel. You fooled me. Well, I accidentally fooled myself, so I'm making sure, I'm making sure to correct myself here. Because I felt like once I said it, I'm like, no, that's not what I wrote when I wrote about T.J. Hawkinson being the pick. I said 12 personnel. That's the right saying. I need to make sure. <laughs> so there it is. They can run 12 personnel with a guy like Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft on the field. You couldn't really do the same thing with, say, the more athletic Jason Kroom, who doesn't have as much blocking ability. And you definitely can't say that about a former offensive lineman being converted into a tight end and Jake Fisher with his receiving abilities. He does have a 32-yard reception, though. The dude could scoot. But he's seen as a project and a guy I don't project to make the roster. But that comes – now I'm going to come back, though, to Devin Singletary. Jokey joke time. Well, that's what you get for spoiling things about the Avengers, Mr. McCoy. Damn. (laughs) Now, the thing is, that joke is very bland because literally everyone said it the minute the Bills took a running back. Yeah. That was the overplayed joke of the day. And I just went ahead and used it because, well, that's what everyone was saying. In reality, LaShawn McCoy might actually have to watch his back if he doesn't produce in the preseason. I don't think that's far-fetched to say. It's not. I think he could be a camp casualty if he doesn't produce or look healthy in the preseason. 
They can move on. They've shown that they don't care if they have to move on. They've made some ruthless decisions already. And I think that this could be one of them. My he's cousin, one of, He's one of the only major holdovers left anyway. Yeah. And the affinity my, towards him was odd, to me at least. It wasn't even that it's odd. It was the guy still can elude Not tacklers. last year. Well, yeah, but not last year. That means if he doesn't produce, they'll look at that and see, well, he's not doing what he did in his first year with us. We've got Frank Gore. We've got Devin Singletary. We've got T.J. Yeldon. We'll move on. And that's where it is. Because my cousin immediately texted me when Singletary was drafted, and he had – it was, McCoy, sad face. <laughs> <laughs> he was worried about LaShawn McCoy's status on this team, and I don't blame him. I think if he – if I think LaShawn McCoy does not produce in the preseason and he doesn't look fresh, he could be in danger. A legitimate danger of being cut. And there it is. You brought in Frank Gore. You brought in T.J. Eldon because you're not satisfied with what happened at the position last year. And where did the struggles of the position start? Well, they started on the offensive line. But did LaShawn McCoy do anything else to really stand out? No. He was dreadful last year. People that took him in fantasy football were P.O.'d. Yep. He became a guy that did get cut in yearly restart leagues because of how dreadful he was last year. So, no, this is not about him tweeting about the Avengers. This is about you didn't look good, and the Bills are not scared to move on from you if you don't look good. This team, this regime, does not care about your status with the team. Although, dumb move to to do that. We'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) They have moved on from names and draft picks already because of it. This is not Doug Whaley insisting to play E.J. Manuel in the last game of the year to see if he has anything from that first-round pick that he spent on him. And that tells me that this is why I believe in this staff. This is why I believe in Brandon Mean. This is why I believe in Sean McDermott, despite his old-timey ways and cliche dispenser. Because they make the ruthless moves. You want to talk about the real thing about New England success? They cut ties with the guy before he starts to fall off a cliff. That's what makes them successful is because they're not scared to move on. Well, that, and they also have the greatest of all time under center. But he gives them the ability to do that. He gives them the ability to be ruthless. Yeah. And if they think Josh Allen is a fraction of that kind of ability to at least stabilize the position and help the offense move forward, they will not be scared to make these tough decisions. And they've already shown, even while being bad, they are not scared to make the tough decisions. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor was not playing well. Sean McDermott, in a move that backfired amazingly, was not scared to bench Tyrod Taylor in the middle of a playoff run because he was straight up struggling. Again, the move backfired in the most hilariously disastrous but way no possible. But no one expected it to backfire like that. Oh, people expected it. The coach didn't. Not like to be fair, I also didn't think it was going to backfire like that. Like that, like it was, it likely would have backfired, just not to that extent. Oh, oh, you fooled us all, Peterman, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> you, you, you screwed with us all. 
And then the second time around, everyone's like, I don't know, man. Uh, He did look good in the preseason, but uh, I'm prepared for the worst. And then that happened again. Yeah. And then he has to play against Houston, and we're like, oh, he threw a touchdown. Oh, no. Oh, pick six. And then then he Uh, has to play against Chicago, and we're like, all right, let's uh, just take this L. (laughs) (laughs) But again, my main point being, they're not scared to make the tough decisions. Already. Year three, they know that things are important here. They cut Calvin and if LaShawn McCoy is not being held up to the standard that he is supposed to bring, mm-hmm. he's not bringing that kind of production, I'm not going to be shocked if they cut him. Straight up. They cut Calvin Benjamin with, like, three games left in the season. Should have done that sooner. Should have done it sooner, but they still did it. But again, the main point being they're not scared. If they cut LaShawn McCoy, I'm not going to be surprised. It would be seen as a shocking move by many, especially those outside of the city. Nationally, it would be a big story. Mm-hmm. But at this point, LaShawn McCoy might be a name and not the same player that he was. And that happens. But I think that there is some real trouble there. But in order to add to that trouble, LaShawn McCoy goes ahead and tweets out spoilers about the Avengers. Fine, let's talk about this, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's funny. It's and funny. To me, it's its not a big deal. I got got, like many others, and I don't care. I was the on... response I get from some people is like, okay, you're a Star Wars fan. Imagine seeing, before watching episode five, oh, yo, Vader is Luke's father. The problem, like, the thing is, there are people... What? <laughs> oh, sorry, Kyle. Oh, so- <laughs> sorry. Uh, but there are people who are truly invested in the series. I in get these that, se- and I am too. Here's the but thing. to the extent where they will block out. Everything. You ready? You ready for the hot take Until here? they actually you see You ready it. for the hot take here? Because here it comes. You're an idiot if you didn't think that that was going to happen if you saw that spoiler. If you watch movies, you knew that was coming. So even though LaShawn McCoy spelled his friggin' name wrong and everyone saw it for the world to see, <laughs> if you watch movies, you should have seen that one coming. And if you actually are mad about that, well, again, sorry about the emotional investment, but if you've watched movies, it was going that way. This is all just going That's fine. right over my I'm head. I'm basically calling I'm, people that are extremely outraged about this a bit of idiots to, and to calm the hell down. I'm really okay with this going right over my head, though, because <laughs> I haven't seen the tweet. It hasn't come across my timeline. That's why I'm not really getting into specifics. And I'm seeing it tomorrow, so exactly. the beauty of – this enigmatic conversation is very nice. When I, I was on Twitter on Friday before I had to work, and I just I see I I see McCoy's tweet pop up on my time, and I'm like, what the hell? What the hell is that? I click on it, and I read it. And I'm like, oh, dude, dude. And then he tweets another one. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I hope it's not deleted by the time we all see it because I want to compare it. I want to see if it was a troll job or if he actually. Went spoiler on us. Oh, he went spoiler because he went spoiler. it was two tweets and a, and a video. 
Yes. That's piracy. Oh, yeah. That's in addition to tweeting. Well, no, he didn't, no, like he, he made will, a video. Oh, reacting, reacting with oh, his kit. Man, I was about to make so much money. I used to work in a movie theater. You catch <laughs> I used to look for someone with their phone out. You make a quick five grand oh, turning wow. them in. Oh, I was going to oh, shady. Come on. Oh, that guy. What? What? <laughs> five grand. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else but, did I have to do? But yeah, no, like if you've watched movies, like I, I it was arcing that way. I Come saw on, it, stupid. Yeah. Like I saw it. I went and saw it Thursday night. So when I saw it Friday, I'm like, oh, no, so you can dude. confirm that it was yeah true. All right. Yeah. And again, if you've watched movies, agree with me or not, Frank, you saw that. Like they built that to come. You know what that kind of spoiler is compared to Star Wars? Luke is Leia's sister. Still jaw dropping. For for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and you said that he, um, but it's not the level of Vader is Luke's father. You said Lashawn McCoy spelled his name wrong. Yeah, the character. So yes. he, so that's so people could see it if they muted the name. So that was my thing. Do you think he did that on purpose? No, I think he just no. He just did it. Idiotic thing. Yeah. Added insert letter here. Yes. That's funny. I think he just misspelled his name. Yeah, he just misspelled it. But yeah, there's my there's my hot take. There's the fire. I think people were expecting something big like that to happen. I don't think they were expecting it exactly. And you know what? For people that would go ahead and say, oh, you do a sports podcast. What the hell do you know? Well, guess what? Shut up, nerd, because I'm also a nerd. Bang. You don't have... You, people probably do have Pokemon on their goddamn keychains. Well, I do too. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt underneath this hoodie. <laughs> Own it. It's You're damn you right. Because it. its stuff is awesome. I'm going to see the movie tonight. And again. You're going to enjoy it. it. Exactly. And if it's been spoiled for you and you haven't had the chance to see it, heed these words because I'm pretty sure... Half of you that I just said this to probably shut the podcast off. That even care about this. The other half of you that don't even care about this probably shut the podcast off. If you got got like me, go see it to see what they do, how they pull it off. Because the artistic value and the climax to build up to it, that's not going to change. The only thing you know is that it's going to happen. We don't know how. We don't know when. And we don't know the way that it's done. I think it's ra- it's ramped up now because this end end game is looked at as one as one of the most anticipated movies ever because it was so hyped up because there was so much build to this film because a bunch of people died. There was so much hype build up <laughs> to it. There was all the anticipation from Infinity War. Yes, that no one wanted to know what would happen because there was all this build. So again, if you're going to see Avengers Endgame, don't pee. Yes, that's pretty much. Yeah, have a strong bladder, dog. Don't pee. That's why. That's why I don't go right away. That is why I don't go to movies like this right away, because people get up to go pee and it ruins your experience. I don't need to see your head walking back and forth 14 times because you decided you needed a liter of cola and don't have the bladder for it. 
I'm think- going to get a liter of cola. But guess what? I'm battle-tested, bitch. <laughs> also, there I've is- driven 14 hours to North Carolina. Made one stop for gas. That was the bathroom break. That's it. There's also this one thing called... Uh, Probably two times for gas, but still, I didn't go to the bathroom more than once. There's also this one thing. It's called go beforehand. Yes, be smart. That's what I did. Be smart. Think. Do the right thing. I got my drink. I got... A nu- you got I your got... liter of cola? Cause you it didn't go a to liter. The, you don't go to the movies if you don't get a liter of cola. I didn't get a liter. I went at 11 at night, okay? Yeah, you get a liter of cola. I was not getting a liter of cola. You get a liter of cola. That's the movie experience. I did not want to do that. You do that. You have to do that. I didn't. Kyle? I got fruit a small. Punch. Liter of fruit punch? But it's still a liter size, right? The, oh, biggest, it's, the it's, biggest cup you can get. It's a big boy. You get the biggest mf you can get, and you drink all of it. It is a big boy. <laughs> nope. Yes. I got a small. That's high. Then you don't go to the movies, Frank. You don't do it right. Oh, <laughs> well, I was there Thursday. You either got to do that or the popcorn trick once in your life, and then... I can't even say that seriously. Don't I got ever, my snack. Don't do the. I got my drink. drink. I put it. I put him on my seat, drinking the cup holder. Went to the bathroom. Came back. Got ready for the movie. That's how you do it. Yep. No, it really is just one of these things. Are you know what, you, Frank? If you're not getting the biggest drink, possible, I was not gonna chug a liter of. No, you don't have Coke. To ch- you don't chug the liter of cola. You just drink it through a straw. Yeah, I wasn't going to drink a liter of cola in three hours watching a movie. Well, then you failed. You get ice in it? Yeah. yeah. Light ice. Small mm. amount of ice. Yeah. It's got to be cold somewhat. Still got to be cold. How about butter on the popcorn? You did you go, the popcorn the, did you go to the theater if you didn't get butter on the popcorn? I don't put butter on that stuff. I've watched it. Well, guess what? Made. Joke's on you. There's it's still pl- butter. <laughs> there is plenty of... It's, Added butter that you don't even know is there. Well, yeah, you... exactly. Yeah, the butter. Yeah, the butter would... that yeah, you see them put on is just the extra butter. Yeah, no shot. Oh no, yeah. you. I would not be caught Honestly, dead. No, I, I do not actually put extra butter on that, on that popcorn. Would I'd not like, that be is caught just... dead with that. No, you greasy, would be caught. Slippery. You would. <laughs> yeah. How, how's that make you feel now? <laughs> like I need a liter of cola. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, ugh, I just, ugh, the way you described that. Moist. Oh! Yeah. Bleep you. <laughs> I saw how the sausage was made for a year, okay? I was behind those scenes. There are some nasty things I've seen get ordered at a, at a movie theater. Just when you think there's enough butter, they're staring at you over the counter saying, keep it going, ten more seconds. Oh, my God. What oh, is yeah. wrong with people? Oh, you... Oh, I've I got, seen, I've seen I one got worse. some stories. I've seen one worse. I saw someone put a straw into the that's giant not real. bucket of into popcorn. Into the popcorn? That's yeah. not real. That can't be real. No. That's I saw not someone real. put a straw there, put the butter in the straw, and then it just, like, to get the butter to the bottom. Okay. That is vile. Blech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The butter, like... Look, you're getting butter on the popcorn already. You don't need extra butter. No. You don't need to force where oh, it goes. No. Gotta shake that off. Kyle's just got this face. That is the worst. I feel like you're making that up because I saw that in a Drake and Josh, and I didn't think that would ever happen in real life. <laughs> no, dude. You think that you think that where Drake do you think and Josh they get it if from? it wasn't real? Where do you think they get it Drake from? Drake and Josh did a lot of things that weren't real. Okay, fine. But 
involving actual solid objects that are real in this world, they found something that was possible and they did it. <laughs> okay. They thought, maybe you got me. They thought so much about could you do it that maybe they should have thought about if they should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's – I'm with you, Kyle. I am team no extra butter on the popcorn. There's already butter on the popcorn. Even if you say no butter on the popcorn, he's staring right at Frank. Even if you say no butter on the popcorn. Where do you fall? Where do – oh, yes. Where does Frank – uh-oh. He's a butter no, guy. No, I – He's a straw in the butter. He's no. A, he's, a, he's a straw butter guy. No. Ugh, that's gross. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. I just seen some things. They put if they put the extra butter on top of the popcorn. If I if I get popcorn, I don't care. Oh God, I'm shuddering at that. I don't care because the first thing but you're I gonna don't do is you're gonna grab some wet get... pretend kernels and you're just gonna drag this greasy slop of what was popcorn and put it in your. <laughs> just don't ask for a lot. <laughs> just ask for a little. Just ask for a little bit. <laughs> Besides, besides Wilson. I have a problem with buttery popcorn, I guess. Besides most of the I've time le- when I when – I've I, learned. <laughs> I've got a problem with buttered popcorn. It's not just the jelly bean from Jelly Belly, which is the most disgusting jelly bean of all time, by the way. Oh, oh, and I'm just thinking about the mistakes I've made as a child. Most of the time when I go to the theaters, too, I get, like, candy or pretzel bites. Because pretzel bites are really good. Pretzel bites are wonderful. Yes. They are. Yes. Yes. That's what yes. I got Thursday. Nacho cheese? Good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. What's your go-to candy? What is your go-to? Oh. This podcast went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, this is the spirit of the holiday. Uh, Mike and Ike's. Mike and Ike's. Not what I thought I'd hear. I respect that. Yes. Actually, I very much respect that. For me, sour skills. You got a liter of cola, your mouth isn't going to go. <laughs> because you got a liter of cola, wash it down. That's or a liter fair. of fruit punch. Okay. All you know is that copious amounts of sugar are going into your digestive system. Junior mints. What is, what is this? An episode of Seinfeld? No, it's the leftovers podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? At a theater, being grossed out by buttery popcorn. <laughs> apparently. Yeah, apparently. Oh, I'm still getting shudders. <laughs> the way I described that, and I'm, I'm like miming it that I'm going to actually eat this, and I just like envisioned how disgusting it is. <laughs> For me, yeah, like the sour skittles. I'm, I'm that guy. There are, also, there are also some things about the life of Marshawn Lynch that will never go away from me, which is, is which is, you know you're going to get got, but you just got to make sure you get more than you get got, though. What's the other one? The Crunch? Um, ooh. ooh, Nestle Crunch. No, no. I, it, it, it's either it's got to be the cookie bites. dough bites. Yes. yes. That's another go-to oh, for yeah. me. If I'm not like, feeling minty bites, and I don't want my mouth yeah. all hot. Yeah. It's like, if you've got bites, go with the cookie dough bites. Go with bites. 
like not just mm-hmm. cookie dough bites. Like if there's Butterfinger bites or there's Nestle yeah. Crunch bites. Yeah. Like if there's bites, you buy the bites. Buy the bites and enjoy them. Just please don't make me buy make a personal pizza for you. That's all I ask. Ugh. Well, that's not your Ugh. problem anymore, is it? No, thank Ugh. you. Yeah, Ugh. not to mention you are held up in line for that pizza. Yeah. It's not good pizza. It's not pizza. It's made out of spite. <laughs> literal spite. Because movie theaters have found a way to take spite and make it into a food. And it's pizza. It's true. It's true. Back in those days, I don't I probably got horrid reviews because I worked there for Star Wars. <laughs> Oof. Star Wars night. I had orders that you would not believe. I was probably getting reviews on our website left and right for the eye rolls I was giving customers <laughs> for the two pizzas, two popcorns, and whatever we were still – we probably had tacos for all I remember. Uh, I used to, to date out. someone that would get the pizzas, and we'd be late for the friggin' movie. Oh, man. So I started eye rolling when she would order the pizza. Anytime I saw someone perusing – the menus above me. I just prayed they would stop here because once they got deep down to the gourmet side, I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna." My die. day is about to be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Come back in thirty minutes. You're gonna hate it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last sports-related kind of thing here. Oh yeah, and we're a sports podcast. Yes, we are a sports podcast. I have to bring the ship back to where it's supposed to be. I forgot for a second. I have to write this because it was my fault in the first place. Because I felt we needed to talk about LaShawn McCoy doing that thing. Real quick thing, though, actually, I lied. Um, It's kind of funny. Like, I don't think any of us here watches Game of Thrones. Nope. Nope. Guess what? We already know what happened, though. We're all caught up. But here's the thing. Short review. People died. There you go. That's Game of Thrones. <laughs> but it's kind of funny how all that happens. And and Nate is actually on this like little, of course, Twitter tirade. That's what he does. Shocker. Nate on Twitter. What a surprise. Yeah. But Nate's been tweeting about it. Like I don't like he's like proud that he doesn't watch it. And I'm like, dude, you're allowed to just keep your distance and like weird flex, but okay, bud. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch it either, but I don't care. You just, I probably don't watch it because I can't afford to buy HBO. Sure, that's, yeah. That is legitimately probably the reason. Yeah. But hey, you got your show, you got your show. And people that were probably tweeting about being pissy with McCoy about Endgame probably got spoiled about Game of Thrones, but they didn't watch it right away. (laughs) (laughs) So there's some delicious irony there. All right, Coach Watch. Yes, I'm going Coach Watch. Coach Watch. Where do we stand? I have no idea. What was the last news? Jacques Martin last week? Yeah. There is a new piece, though, on the website from Paul Hamilton about Gronberg and his players that have uh, vouched for him to get a job in the NHL. Paul also had towards the end of last week that Chris Taylor still remains undecided. That is the latest we've got on Coach Watch. I got something. Frank's got something. From John Shannon just now. Add the name Todd Richards. We talked about that. Yes. And And I uh, I was okay with that idea. Yeah. Add his name to the list of Sabres coach candidates. Yeah, Ricard Gronberg, by the way, with former Swedish players that are in Rochester. 
Victor Olson, Lawrence Pilot, Alex Nealander, and Restus Asplund all had great and shining things to say about Ricard Gromberg. So with Taylor's uncertainty now as of, I believe it was Thursday or Friday Thursday. when we got the, the news that he was still was on, Thursday. deeply on the fence, where does your top three sit at? I mean, I would still consider Taylor. I think Taylor still makes three. With until he takes his name out of the conversation, yeah, he's still in the conversation. I think he's still in the top three. For I'd go me. Taylor, Gronberg, and uh, Todd Richards. Richards. That's my top three as well. Yeah, I figured that would be consensus. I just didn't know how you guys stood yeah. with Taylor. You've got the young guy that's in the AHL that's been doing great with development. You've got the Swedish guy who's kind of been a little bit of a wonderkin, so you can bring in the Euro. Or you've got the guy who does have NHL head coaching experience and hasn't been terrible at it. And is also not old enough to have those players on his team actually be his grandchildren like Jacques Martin. <laughs> and again, I'm going to say this one more time. If Jason Bottrell hires Jacques Martin, I'm looking for a new general manager. I'd rather just have I'd rather just have him hire Mark Recchi. Sure. Mark Recchi's the other assistant sure. in Pittsburgh. Do it. Just make it not Jacques Martin. So, playoffs. I'm going to hate myself for saying this. I'm really happy the Canes have a 2-0 series lead. Is this, a, is this another one of those pick-your-poison type of rounds for you? This is based on watchability. Oh. The Islanders are boring. And the Canes are stooping down to their level to succeed. And I hate it. Yeah. So now I'm thinking, like the Stars, the Islanders need to be out so that I can have more fun. This isn't about Robin Leonard. This is about me watching hockey. Give me goals. I don't need defense. Shut the hell up. Well, then you're going to love the Sharks and Avs. That's got to be your favorite series right now yes. if you're looking for intensity and mm-hmm. Looking for action. intensity and goal scoring? Mm-hmm. You're damn right. Subsequent mm-hmm. kind of suspect goaltending? Sure. Yeah. That's your series <laughs> right Subse- now. Kind of suspect goaltending. You're absolutely right, and that one's 1-1. Tonight, it's Stars and Blues. Like I said, Dallas needs to go away. I don't care if it means Ryan O'Reilly makes the conference finals. Dallas, you're boring. So you need to go away. Also, so in all excitement, did anyone see what Jonah Javad said over the weekend with a tweet? No, I did not. The Stars are 11 wins away from their first legitimate Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, I did see that. For those that don't know, Jonah Javad used to work here in Buffalo and now works in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jonah, I, I, I'm going to doubt that you're listening to this, but a shout out to you, my good sir for stoking the fires and bringing all of chaos with your tweet because that is the work of a true Buffalonian. So Derek's all-excitement conference finals. Columbus meets Carolina. Yes. The Blues meet who? I mean, the Sharks or Insert team here. You don't care either way? Yeah. I mean, Colorado's kind of getting a little depth scoring right now, which is kind of nice but the Sharks also can gun their way out of any problem possible. I need the Shark Tank for as long as possible. Yes. I, I want like the Shark Tank it, for, yeah. By the way, three more, eight more weeks, whatever. By the way, we made our predictions on Thursday, but we didn't have a chance to upload them because, well, things were happening. 
rumors had to be tracked. The Bills were threatening to trade up, and I couldn't get everyone recorded for that predictions thing. So be honest with yourselves on this, because I have the tape of mine and Frank's. I don't have the tape of yours. I picked Boston, the Islanders, the Blues, and the Sharks because we can't have nice things because there's something to piss off a Sabres fan in any direction you go. Got it. Leonard, O'Reilly, Kane, and the Bruins. <laughs> I could just be more specific and say Marshand. If that rat face picks up another Stanley Cup, I swear to God. Has he... You know, he's only picked Frank, one you, up. Yeah. Do you? Are you forgetting what you got? No. Um, he's only picked I one had, up, though. Well, I had the Islanders and the Jackets. Okay. And San Jose, St. Louis. Okay. So you're just different with me with one team. Yeah. And what was yours? I would have gone the Islanders because they were my saving grace after the horrendous round First one. Round. I would have gone Islanders to the finals. I would have gone Boston. Would have been the Islanders and the Bruins in the conference finals. And then I would have gone with the Blues. And I love the Sharks. All right, well, here's the good news. We all admitted that we took the Islanders in this, and they're the only one that's down in the series right now. Everything else is 1-1. Yeah. Yeah. So, really, the only thing we're admitting right now is that one of our teams is in trouble. Yeah. But I'm kind of happy about it because the Islanders play some boring-ass hockey. That's the only hill I have left to die on <laughs> from the first <laughs> round. So I have to hold on to the Islanders. Yes. So, Even if it makes me look hard. So we're absolutely being honest here. What, and we actually technically made for? picks right now Yeah. because every other series is tied at one. And we were being honest about one that is down 2-0. Yep. So there's our picks for the next round. Look at that. We pulled that off even though. And if it actually was all tied at one, we could have just – Said, all right, every every series died at one. Let's go. That's picking a best of five series right yep. now. God, if there was, if there was ever a template and a model to look for, if you were a team on the outside looking in, right now, if there was one playoff season to point your finger at, when someone tells you all you got to do is get in. Holy crap, boys. <laughs> this is it. This, this is it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It makes me regret that the Flyers were so garbage early in the season. Oh, right. Anybody could be making right. noise right now. Right. Yeah, so let's, let's lament about the Flyers when let's the Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire <laughs> year. Kiss my <laughs> white ass. <laughs> Good, that deserved to bounce back at you, you jackass. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And, and some Kyle dumb Powell. Flyers fan named Kyle Powell. <laughs> Go see Avengers Endgame. It's fun, probably. I'm seeing it today. Frank can attest. It was really good. Go see Avengers Endgame because Frank said That's it was really it. good. It was really good? I don't want to say more. Go see it. Okay. Oh, wait. It's, oh, wait, guys. It's, it's the greatest movie of all time. Stop. Good, good. Because no, if you had left no, me with that, I'm giving no, my tickets no, back. No, we're, we're not done. I lied.
We're not done. We're not done. Why are we not done? Because you have things written down that we need to do All every right. Monday. Quickly. The three up, we have three the... down in baseball. <laughs> I wrote these an hour ago. <laughs> All right, up number one. I'm going to give you two player lines, pitching lines, through a month, and you're going to tell me which one is Chris Sale. Player A, 0-5, 6.3 ERA, 30 innings pitch, 32 strikeouts. Player B, 5-0, a 1.75 ERA, 36 innings pitch, 38 strikeouts. Chris Sale's 0-5. I feel like he's got to be. Wait, why are we talking about three up? Because the up is the guy. Hang on. Are you saying up as in Boston is struggling? I'm going to say Chris Sale's, Chris Sale's player A. Chris Sale is is indeed player A. The, the interesting Boston's part. terrible! <laughs> now, who is player B? Your mom. <laughs> mom, if you're listening. You're a damn good pitcher. You're a wonderful pitcher. Actually, it's ironic. Because two years ago today, my mom was recording me pitch. I made one collegiate appearance nice. two years ago today. Good work. Look at you. Go work. Recorded one out. Good. One strikeout. Nice. nice. As good as Chris Sale. <laughs> Player B is from the Tampa Bay Rays and was involved in a deadline trade last year. Came from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Touted prospect. Also came along with Austin Meadows in return for Chris Archer as the Pirates were making a last-ditch effort for a playoff push. Oh, I don't even remember the name. Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow. Leading the league in wins, leading the league in ERA. Nice. Throwing 97-mile-an-hour cutters from the depths of Satan's pit. Crazy. You got to watch highlights of Tyler Glasnow this year. I got to watch highlights of a guy throwing from Satan's pit. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's disgusting. Up it's, number it two. Is Satan's pit, man. Up it's number snowing. two. Christian. Cri- <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it kind of works. Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. Dual up number two. They each have 14 home runs. That's an MLB record before May. Dip ringers. Tied with Albert Pujols from 2006 and A-Rod from 2007. They still have two games left each. The Dodgers play two games against Colorado. And the Brewers, I believe, play the Giants. It might be Actually, it's reversed. They each have two games left in the month of April for both players to potentially break a major league record. There you go. Let's go Cody Bellinger. Go Christian Yelich. Break MLB records. Cody Christian Yelich all- also yesterday, Saturday, Saturday in New York against the Mets hit his first road home run since September. I'm I'm all for ripping dingers, dipping ringers. Up three, the Nationals youth movement Sunday versus the Padres. Some history was made from the DC boys, Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and freshly recalled shortstop making his debut over the weekend. Carter Keyboom, that's a fun name. Yes, Major Keyboom. They helped Washington make history. First trio of teammates, all 21 years or younger. To hit homers in the same game, which was a seven to six walk-off game winner in eleven innings. How old nice. do you feel? Very. Yes. Very old. Yeah. Down number one. I'll rip through these really fast. We're going on. Holy cow! Almost like an hour and a half. 
No, we're not. We're, we're hitting an hour ten here. Okay. Cardinals prospect Alex Reyes. Have you heard his name before, Frank? I feel like I have. Top prospect for, it seems like, ten years now for the Cardinals. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't seem to ever want to put it together at the major league level. He's had some stints. He's had a couple surgeries. Well, it got worse over the weekend. He was making a triple-A start in Memphis. Got pulled after three and two-thirds innings and punched a wall. Broke his pinky, and he's out a month. So the road gets more difficult for Alex Reyes. Keeps going downhill. Down number two. uh, I struggled on this one. But since you had the word Giants in my brain for the first, like, 30 minutes of this, making fun of the New York Giants, I thought I'd make fun of the San Francisco Giants. Fair. They haven't hit a guy hit 20 homers in four years. Ooh. Can you tell me who the player was? Barry Bonds. There's a quiz. Almost. (laughs) He could probably still come back and hit 20 homers. Probably. In theory, you're probably correct. In four years? Their last position player to hit 20 home runs or more came in 2015. Pablo Sandoval. No. Pablo Sandoval. It was a good bid. He was in he was in Boston by that time, like an Instagram photos in the toilet. <laughs> that was a story. Also, look that up. Um, Pablo Sandoval was on the bench of a Red Sox game, and somebody was on Instagram and saw that he was liking photos in the bathroom, and he got suspended. Buster Posey. No. Damn it. Really fun story. That is a great story. That is a fantastic um, story. I got one more guess. Okay. Hmm. Is this player? Wait, I got one. He's still on the the team. Okay. Come on, Frank. Uh, Wait, you said you had a guess. Brandon Belt. Ooh, he has a first name. Damn it. Brandon Bolden. No, that's the Patriots forever running back. Yeah. Who then last year played for the Dolphins. Brandon Crawford. Crawford, okay. Yes, that guy. Down number three, this is going to be a shameless plug for teams around the league to give Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimbrell a goddamn contract. (laughs) Please. Highest notable. I say notable because most of of the bottom-tier teams on this list are out of Baltimore. They are not notable. I'm sorry, Orioles fans, but you don't need Craig Kimbrell. (laughs) Highest notable bullpen ERAs one month into the season. The Nationals, they're 29th with a 6.57 team ERA. Gross. The Mets, 5.52, they're 28th. If you'll notice, there's a run difference between 28th and 29th. Not good in D.C. out of the bullpen. The Brewers, 4.66, they're 22nd. The Braves, one of Craig Kimbrell's former employers, 4.64, 21st. And the Red Sox, another team who's... Previously owned Craig Kimbrell, but told him no after the World Series run. 4.61, they are 20th. I go to the rotation ERAs one month into the season. The Red Sox, 5.62. Good work, guys. Boston, you're still terrible. Brewers, 5.55. Mets, 5.18. Hope this your championship was worth your blood money. Boston's bullpen, still bad. Braves, 4.99, 22nd. I put the Phillies in here. They have high hopes this year. They're 13th. They're tied for 13th with the Nationals at 420. <laughs> you have to have high, high hopes for the living. <laughs> but with Nick Pavetta's early season struggles, they were already linked to Dallas Keuchel in the offseason. Come on, guys. Pull the trigger. You're talking about a two- or three-time reliever of the year. He's on – it's weird to say, but he's on Mariano Rivera pace, or was before this holdout. Dallas Keuchel is four years removed from a Cy Young candidacy. He won it. He's yeah. a ground ball pitcher. He's going to keep the ball in the yard. 
Swallow your pride. Look at these numbers. These are disgusting. These are gross. I want to burn this book that I'm looking at. These are disgusting numbers. That's pretty Awful. Bad. I felt terrible writing these down. 6.6 ERA to the bullpen? That is cursive. Awful. All right. Yuck. Yuck, indeed. Big, big, big downs. Big, big yuck. Big downs. Give yes. me SOS. Save our season. <laughs> contract. I was not ready for that from you. That was impressive. Good work, Kyle. Good work, Kyle. Thank you. Your three ups, three downs. Brought to you by Kyle Powell. <laughs> and if anyone ever wants to give us money to sponsor three up, three down every Monday. Uh, please. Please do. Yes. We, we like money. We like food. You can I'll take money in, from the, you can pay from us the Braves. In, you can pay us in food, actually. I would take that. Yes. You I'll take just, one. 0.04% of whatever Craig Kimball ends up signing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will, too. Thank you for listening to the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Kearney. And Kyle Powell. And we come at you every Monday, every Thursday here on WGR550.com. I'm going to see Endgame. You should probably go see Endgame in case uh, you haven't seen the little Sean McCoy tweets. So get on that. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.